Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Saturday. We're in the season of ordinary time, and this is the 24th week after Pentecost. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Visit us with your salvation, and sustain us with your gracious Spirit. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the living and abiding word of God. A reading from Matthew chapter 25. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. At once the one who had received the five talents went off and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? And you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have in abundance. 
but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know if there is a more dangerous piece of scripture for us to read in this day and age, in this particular country, than this story. Jesus' parable of the three money managers seems on its surface to reinforce all kinds of ways of thinking about people in the economy that end up just robbing us of our humanity, breaking up our communities, and denigrating our vocation as stewards of God's abundant gifts. So let's take a, a little bit of time here and look at what this parable is not saying. It is not saying that your value as a human being is based on your economic productivity. It is not. It is not based on your ability to generate wealth or by the amount of wealth that's under your control. Hard work may be a virtue, but it is not righteousness or even really a sign of righteousness. In fact, are willing to work without observing Sabbath, because our money never takes a day off, is a sin, a sign of our unfaithfulness. The value of a person with $5 million is not greater than the per value of a person with $2 million, or the value of a person with $1 million, or the value of a person who has no money at all. We all happen to be gifted differently. We're all called to use those gifts according to God's word. But we are all gifted. We are all beloved. A world where the rich get richer and the poor lose even what little they have, well, that is the world we live in now. And it is precisely the world that Jesus will set straight when he returns. That is why the day of the Lord will seem like a disaster to those who have made it their lives business to exploit, consume, and destroy, to seek profit at all costs. And it is precisely the economics of the household described in this parable that Jesus will come to judge and correct when he comes again. It is precisely the economics of this household described in this parable that Jesus has established his own household with a whole nother set of values, goals, and aims. So what is Jesus trying to teach us in this parable? In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, would give a stone? Or if a child asks for a fish, would give a snake? Then Jesus continues, if you, then, you who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask them? So the comparison here may go like this. If our sinful hearts can do this good for our children, for the people that we love, well, how much more? Will our God, who is love, do good to all who come to him? And we can use that same line of thinking to help us get into this parable. If this evil household economy is so good and so ruthless at generating profit and wealth for its master, then how much more will the righteous household of God's economy that is the community now of Jesus' disciples. Generate love and mercy and justice for this world and to the glory of God revealed in Jesus Christ. 
And that's what this parable and last week's parable about the bridesmaids are all about. What the servants of the Lord are to do between Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, and his coming to judge the world. What life is to be like within the household economy of God's kingdom that we are living in. We are not to live as the world lives. We are to be about God's business. Being light, acting as salt, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and imprisoned, caring for one another, all the while while we're joined in worship around the loving God who has called us and made us God's own. This loving neighbor, as we live in faith and hope and abide in fellowship with God, as we invite our neighbors into the joy of this house, there's a challenge that might read something like this. What if Christ's church was as good at sharing the good news of Jesus in its loving word and faithful deeds as Goldman Sachs is at making money? With that kind of comparison fresh in our mind, then we can start to discover some good news from this parable of the coming judgment. Here's what I have for you. Life in God's household yields joy and purpose, especially when we eagerly and wholeheartedly engage in God's work, all in response to God's love for us, a love that brought us into this household, into this family, and entrusted us with God's own limitless treasure of love, joy, and grace. The treasures that God has ingested to our care, that is the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, of the mercy, the peace, and so on, are to be used, to be made public, to be set on display, and not hoarded. Actively invested in the lives of people, not buried. In Jesus, we find who God's heart is. We find God's heart revealed. We see a God who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. In Jesus, we discover that God is love and mercy and faithfulness to us, a love that gives to the death and a faith that awaits for resurrection. And unlike the treasures of this earth, the riches of God's love can never come to an end and can never be lost. Sure, someday the money may run out, but God's love never comes to an end. And so for those of us who still need and still want to take that precious treasure of the gospel and, and guard it and keep it and protect it and bury it and return it whole to the Lord when he comes again, we don't have to be afraid that we will lose what has been given to us. We can engage. We can put these gifts to use. We can do it conservatively if we must. But go ahead, dig it up, discover the treasure for you once again, and then don't be afraid. Love, love, and love some more in Jesus' name. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. 
Through your holy prophets you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, and for the communion of faith and fellowship of love that we find within your church. For who else, for what else are we grateful Mighty God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, and for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else, for what else do we pray? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. And Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Holy Spirit fill you with new life and abundant joy. Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us.